0: Well, John, if, if you want to grab your Bible, First John is where we're at today, First John chapter 4. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, just go to the end, and it's a couple of books over past Revelation. But John is talking to the church, and uh, he's telling the folks there that there are a lot of people, there are a lot of voices out in the world at this time for the early church. And they're trying to influence, they're trying to pull these early Christians, these new Christians in. Uh, They're trying to influence them, tell them what to believe and what to think about God and about everything. And so John is is basically saying, here's how you know the truth. Here's how you know that someone's legit or not, if they're really Christ followers or not. And that's what really the whole book of 1 John is kind of all about. It's how do you know if someone's really a Christian or not, which is a great question. It's a great question. How do you know? Because we use that word Christian or Christ follower a lot, but how do you know for sure that someone is? And maybe the bigger question is, how do we know for sure we are? Yeah? Now, this password thing is, is not a new concept, okay? This, this how to find out, this litmus test. In fact, I love finding new things in the Bible. And I heard something that I'd never heard before a couple of weeks ago. And you don't have to turn to it, you can. But in Judges chapter 12, um, is, the Israelites are in, in this battle. And the, 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 the army uh, that they're fighting against is on the other side of the river, uh, the Jordan. And they were sending spies over. To see, you know, to basically infiltrate the army. And what the the Israelites would do to test them is they had a, they had a password. Even back then they had a password. And they would say, say the word shibboleth. Can you say that with me? Shibboleth. All right? Maybe we have, I don't know if we have on the screen, shibboleth. Now, because the enemy had an accent, uh, they had an accent, they could not say the word shibboleth. They instead would say the word Sibboleth. It was an accent that they had. And they just couldn't say it the Israelite way. So that was the tell. That was the giveaway. Sibboleth, Sibboleth. That was the difference. So they would know. And obviously, you're from the enemy. Let's throw you in jail or whatever they, they did to these, these spies. There is a right way and a wrong way to say things, right? You hear me? Okay. Uh, There's some words. So we're just going to test you to see if you say them the right way or the wrong way. Uh, This picture right here, this is a what? A what? It's a pecan, okay? What do you eat? You eat pecan pie. How many say pecan? How many say pecan? Where are my Alabama folks today? All right. Uh, what about the people from the country of, of Italy? What are those those people called? Italians, or Italians, or is it Italians, or is it Italians, or just Italians? What do you say? That's Itali- Italians, Italians. It's not Italians, Italians, but it's not Italians either. How about, how about this thing on the, on the screen? What is this? I heard some dogs in the house tonight, today. It's, it's a roof, okay? It's a roof. It's not a roof, all right? That's what dogs say, roof, roof, all right? What about this right here? What about this picture here, the, the next one? The, what is this called? First of all, before we get to the pronunciation, I don't know if you know what this is, but this is like nectar from the gods, Duke's mayonnaise. If you're using anything else, I weep for your family. Uh, I will pray for you. If you see this in your local store, they just started carrying it in uh, the Texas area. But this is from North Carolina. My mother would send Duke's mayonnaise to me in Nashville because they did not have it in the cafeteria. That was like my care package. Uh, but this, if you see it, grab it. My father eats sandwiches, Duke's mayonnaise with tomatoes and salt and pepper, and that's it. That's how good it is. All right. But, but how do you say the word, the N word? word Mayonnaise, right? It's my man, mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. How do you, how many pronounce the O in there somewhere? Mayonnaise? Yeah, there's some people, there's some people that do. What about not your uncle, but your aunt? All right, what about uh, you travel on blank 66? roots there you go now somebody got really obsessed with this thing and I just people everywhere on the internet do these things now and they came up with even maps uh, to help us out now the word that uh, I like this in my coffee it's the kind of the brown stuff that you pour in you can put it on ice cream it's called Caramel. caramel caramel all right now, someone decided to break this down for us, okay, because people have a lot of time on their hands. Now, the red area, as you can see, is caramel, I think, caramel, uh, caramel, the more lighter regions there, and, and then you, you can't see it very well on the screen, but there's some interchangeable places as well. Let, let's try another one. Uh, how about the things that you hopefully wear when you go to bed? It starts with a, a P, Pajamas, some like call it some kind of jelly, like pajamas. Uh, my 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 mother calls, she calls it pajamas, uh, pajamas, pajamas, pajamas. Now in the red, that's our pajama area, and then the the pajama is is up there in the top there. What about the stuff, or what if you have one or one or more people together? This is not a word pronunciation, but just a, a phrase. If you have one or more group of people together, they're called y'all or is it you guys or let's let's see the breakdown here the next one you got you guys hey you guys hey you guys uh, in the red uh, you it says hey you y'all uh, and then you all in the yellow I don't think you see the, the, the yellow very well the last one there is this drink that is in a, a, a can and that's called what it's carbonated beverage. Now, where I come from, that's called a Coke, okay? It's called Coke. It doesn't matter if it's a Sprite or a root beer. It's a Coke, all right? Uh, but in some other places, it's called other things like Sodi Pop or Soda Pop or what? Let's look at the map here. There's other options. Uh, soft drink or did you just grow up saying pop? Did anybody grow up just saying it's pop? All right, what is, what are they popping? Why, why is the, I don't get that. What, you get hits when you, you drink it. You pop, oh, pop the lid. I got it, I got it, all right. There is a right way and a wrong way to say uh, certain words. This, this shibboleth thing, that was really, it's, it's really intriguing to me that they would even have a word like that, that there was the right way, shibboleth, sibboleth, and it was the tell, it was the password. And I think John wants to give us a very clear Password today. A very clear tell of what a, a Christ follower, a Christian, really looks like. And it's not really about the pronunciation, but it's, it's about a, a word. And, and we're in 1 John chapter 4, and we'll, we'll look at verse 7. And it says this I've got the NIV version. It says this Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. And knows God. So here's the password, write it down it, in case you forget it L O V E. This is how you can tell. This is the handshake. This is the, the password that lets you know who is legit and who is not. And if you think about it, this word, the whole Bible can maybe be summed up in, in a couple of phrases. Someone came up to Jesus. What's the most important commandment? What's the first word that comes out of his mouth? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then there was another place where it said, you know, they will know that you are my disciples by the way you, you love, by the way that you love. There it is again, this word. But, but what I've think, been thinking about this week, and I think that we probably could, you could have known that, you, you knew that coming in, is, is maybe that we pronounce it wrong. Maybe we've got the right word and we know what it is, but we maybe you're just saying or, or, or living it a, a little different, a little wrong. There's a song, and I was, I think it was in the 80s, and uh, I, before a couple of years, I was born, was, I think it was 81, Tainted Love, do you remember that song? Boom, bum, boom, 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 boom. Is that the right beat? Boom, boom. Close enough. All right. I'm not gonna sing it. But this song, "Tainted Love," who sang it? Did you do a little quiz this morning? Soft Cell. Very good. I had no idea who that was. But they sang this song, "Tainted Love," and I think possibly our idea of what love is has been a little tainted. Maybe it's been tainted by the things that we've experienced firsthand when people have thrown the word love in. But it doesn't really look like the love we're talking about today. And maybe you've experienced some things in your life that's just, it's confusing because that's not the kind of love that we're talking about. When I was in youth group, my my youth pastor, he was really good on visuals and and telling us about various things and he's a great teacher. And maybe you remember this lesson. It was basically a lesson about this word love. and, uh, And the Bible is divided up in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament was actually written in Hebrew. And then it was translated into English, of course, so we could read it. And the the New Testament is is really, the original language is Greek and Aramaic. And someone took the Greek and the Aramaic and they translated it into English. But when you translate words, not everything translates very well, right? For those folks that are bilingual in the room, I am not one of those. But you know that some words are hard to translate. And to be honest, I know this is going to hurt a little bit, but the English language oftentimes is pretty weak. Okay? We just have these words, and they just mean a whole bunch of different things. Now, the youth lesson of the night was this word love. And in the Greek, which is the New Testament, there are lots of different words for love. It's not just love, but there are different words. So here are some of the words. Maybe these sound familiar to you. First is the word phileo. They'd use the word phileo. Now, that sounds familiar to us because of the city of Philadelphia okay? The city of brotherly love. So this is brotherly love. When you're talking about like a, my brother, my sister, my friend, and my compadre, my, you know, that kind of love is what we're talking about. Now, there's this word storge. Storge is the word that we use like when I say, I love Duke's mayonnaise, and I love Krispy Kreme donuts, and if you haven't tried one yet, you're missing out, Mike Carr. And if uh, I, I love pizza, and I love... Uh, Alabama football when they, won, when they win and when they lose, and I love the Texans, and I hope that they win today, and I love this, and I love that, and there's things that I, I really like a lot, basically, is what we're getting at here, okay? We use that word, and it, it means store game, and then there's this word uh, eros, all right? Now, this is like the, the hey, baby kind of love. This is like the um, bound chicka bound wow kind of love, um, if you don't know what that means, you can ask a young person later. Uh, but it's, it's like the yeah, I, what joy from France? What do you what do you say? Uh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? Kind of love that we're talking about, and you can tell we get the word erotic from this word. If you if you haven't caught up to where I'm at right now, okay? So that's where this this eros comes from. All right, so. If I were using the word, I love pizza, it doesn't really apply the same way, eros and Storia. you catch what I'm following, there's different words for love, because I love my wife, but I don't love her the same way that I love pizza or Duke's mayonnaise, that's just weird, okay? All right, so there's just these different words, and we just kind of have this one word and it makes it hard, because the word here in this passage is a word I bet you've heard of before. It's this Greek word, you know what it is? Agape. It's the fourth kind of love, and it's a God love, and it's very different. Now, this kind of love is, is different than all the others, and, and I think what we need to do to really get a hold of what God's trying to tell us today and, and capture what this, this password is, what it really means for us, and how we're going to live it out so we need to jump into what this word agape really means. So what I've done for us in 1 John chapter 4, we're going to read several verses here. And I'm going to be honest with you, I could read these verses and they just preach a sermon and we could honestly just leave. But we've got a few more minutes, so we're going to read them and I'm going to talk a little bit more. But this is a powerful piece of scripture that we're going to read. And it's also, it's extremely dangerous and it's extremely convicting as well. So what I've done is I've taken the word love and I've put the word agape, what that word is translated to mean, okay? So we're going to try to read it, and I want you to just whisper agape when we get that to that place. We're not going to try to sync 14 verses together, but I want you to just whisper agape when we get to that place, all right? So we'll go here. Dear friends, let us agape one another, for agape comes from God. Everyone who agapes has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not agape does not know God because God is agape. This is how God showed his agape among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is agape, that not that we agape God, but that he agape us. And he sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God is so agape us, we also ought to agape one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we agape one another, God lives in us. And his agape is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father, Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the agape God has for us. God is agape. Whoever lives in agape lives in God. And God in them. This is how agape is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are, we are like Jesus, there is no fear in agape, but perfect agape drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in agape. We agape because we, he first agapied us. Whoever claims to agape God, yet hates a brother or a sister, is a liar. For whoever does not agape their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot agape God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who agapes God must also agape their brother and sister. Wow. I just challenge you this week to just dig into that, that passage. It's, it's intense. I mean, there are some, there's no subtle hints here, folks. It's just getting right to the point. It's a, it's a letter, John's writing a letter, but he's He's preaching to us today, and maybe he's preaching to you, and I don't even, probably don't need to say much more, but, but we'll try to, to take some things out, and as we unwrap this and what this, this agape really is all about, and as we discover and, and dig into what this really, this word, what God wants to share to us today, you know, you think about agape love, you know, the passage, or just a passage of scripture that jumps to mind when we think about love in general is this 1 Corinthians 13. If you've ever been to a wedding, you know, a lot of times this is a passage that they use. And the translated word there for love, it's not eros, it's not, um, you know, phileo, it's, it's agape. So we're not talking necessarily about husband and wife kind of stuff here when we're talking about First Corinthians 13. So when they use this word, this love chapter, it, love is used, this agape word is used like 13 or 14 times, and there's different characteristics. So it'll give us an idea of what agape is all about. So what's in 1 Corinthians 13? love is patient so agape is patient we know what else agape is love is it's kind it does not envy it does not boast so we're getting some characteristics we're getting some pictures of what this is all about what else it doesn't keep any records of wrongs love never gives up it never fails and so we're starting to get an understanding of what this God is. Because if you I don't know if you caught this, but it's not just that God has agape or has love. God is love. He is the personification of love. And so it's not just a quality. It's not just something that he tries to become or do. It's who he is. And so, this love, these characteristics we hear in this passage are so powerful because love is, God is patient. That means God is kind. God does not keep records of wrongs. He always hopes. He never gives up. Hear that today. He doesn't give up. Love, God never fails. This is characteristics, characteristics of who God is and what he's called us to be. Now, there's other things in this passage as well. And he starts to, to tell us, and he says this. This is how God showed us. This is in, back to 1 Corinthians 4. This is how he showed his love among us. So we get a picture of this love. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So how do we know what this agape love is? We look to a manger. We look to a manger because God, God's love this agape love doesn't just sit back and do nothing love has action to it now first century one of the problems they had in the church was this this word called Gnosticism and Gnosticism was this belief is that you could believe anything in your head but what you did with your body your body is going to pass away anyway so it's all about what you believe in your head but you can do whatever you want to with your body okay are you with me And I think a lot of people are there. They think, I have faith here, but I don't know about faith here. I have love here, but not love in action. And what he's telling us is this. Jesus didn't just sit up in heaven and say, I love you. Love came down. Love came down to us and put actions behind words. It's not just a feeling love is. Love has hands and it has feet you know what i love this generation you know we heard about a student earlier cody he's he was doing something giving us an opportunity to give to those in around our community that are homeless she's not the only one and i know that sometimes you look at this younger generation and think earbuds and and technology but let me tell you something about what i've found out about this generation as you read they have such huge hearts they see causes, and they react. And they want so desperately to see change in the world. They want people to be fed. They want people to have clean water. Their hearts are broken when we see the people that we ignore on street corners. And they try to do something about it. We could learn a lot from this generation, couldn't we? Because love is action. And that's what God does. He sent his son. He sent his son to earth and, and check out this verse in the chapter before in First John three seventeen it says if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them how can the love of God be in that person dear children let us not love with words or speech with but with actions and in in truth and I don't know about you but I look around the world. And this is just me being honest with you. I look at some of the things that we're seeing on the news, and this last year just seems like it has just peaked. And it's just been horrible on all different fronts, from terror to racial, racial tension to just hatred and the political tension that's there. And the words that are said and the back and forth and the images that we see and the things that I'm trying to protect my kids from, and I look at it all around the world and the needs of the world, and my heart just breaks. And sometimes I feel like, what can I do? do. What can I do? How can I make a difference in this? How can I make a difference? And I think the answer is back to a, a song. Maybe it's an, an earlier song. And I don't know, maybe you can name the words and, and who sang it or, or the title, but what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing. There's just two See, I kind of think, as I look at Jesus' life, you know, this is the way that he affected change in the world. Love. Love. And we do that a little bit at a time. S- stories that maybe you didn't see, but in the midst of the, the riots that were happening in Baltimore, where afterwards, where people were coming together, a community said, I'm going to help. I'm going to join together with, with people around me, and we're going to love uh, one another. And there's just scenes of, of people cleaning up, cleaning up after something that that maybe they didn't destroy. And, and others that were there to say, let's let's affect change through love. There's a woman, and uh, her name's Mother Teresa, and uh, she lived, uh, I guess it's been almost probably more than a decade now. And I don't know, so I don't know if all young people know who Mother Teresa is. I, Hopefully uh, you do, but she served in Calcutta with the poorest of poor and the sickest of sick, those who were going to die. And she became known as a saint because of her love and her love and action. And I love the story, maybe you've heard it before, where someone said, I want to be like you. I want to come to Calcutta, India. And I want to give, and I want to to do what you have done. And, And Mother Teresa writes back this little note, and it says basically this. You need to find your own Calcutta. Find your own. There's hurt and there's suffering around everywhere. Find the place where God is pushing your heart and convicting your heart and go at it. Y- you know what? I have a little dream for our church, for our community, that God would so break your heart for something that you would begin to just put love into action. You wouldn't sit at your armchair and say, well, I wish this would happen. I hope that would happen. I wish, you know, there's so many things that are out there from from trafficking to people in need of food and wa- clean water and just the tension that's out there and how we can love each other and bring love and hope to others. Man, I, I, I pray and hope that in the next, this season that God just puts a fire inside of your stomach, inside of your heart, and says, I'm not just gonna sit here anymore. I'm gonna do my little thing, my part, to bring hope and peace and love to this world. That's what God is calling us to do. That's what agape love looks like in this world. Now, here's some shocking news I know some of you won't be shocked at this, but when I was a, a kid growing up, a student growing up, I was not Rico, Rico Suave, okay? Is that the word, Rico Suave? That's what I was going for. I was not like a ladies' man, if you will. Uh, in fact, I was very shy around girls. So if you're there now, no raising of hands, uh, that's okay, all right? And uh, I, would, I did have several girlfriends growing up, but i, I just confess to you, I was never The person who made the first step, okay? I was never the initiator. And first of all, ladies, you get off the hook big time in this, okay? All right, think about how hard it is to approach a beautiful woman like yourself and to ask you on a a date or to marry you. My goodness, that's like the scariest thing ever because even if you're like 99.9% sure that that's gonna be a yes, what if it's a no? I mean, that's just, that's hard to take, okay? And so when I was growing up, all right, I didn't really have, I, I didn't have any moves, I didn't have any, like, anything, okay, any game at all, if you will. Um, and so the, re, the way that I usually started a relationship with a girl was, it was the, like the, 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 the floppy hand technique, okay? And so, you know, hands really sweaty, okay? And I would just, like, sit beside a girl, and then I would just, like, you know, put my hands next to her, and if she kind of like started to inch her hand toward me and then touched my hand, I was like, yes, all right? Or the note passing thing, you know, the yes, no, or maybe, okay? That, that note had to come from a friend or someone. I had to be like totally sure this girl was going to say yes, okay? Now, this is the weird illustration of the day. Uh, God initiates everything, okay? God loved you and me first. He loved us first. He made the move. He is the one that did the initiating, the the action in this step. He's the one that came down. He's the one that made things right. And if we were leaving today and someone stepped on your toe and, man, it hurt really bad, who would be the one to apologize for that? The person who did the stepping, okay? Okay. That's just common courtesy, right? We are the ones that did the stepping. We are the ones that sinned. We are the ones that messed up. And yet, he is the one that came down. He is the one that he did nothing wrong. And what did he do? He went from a manger to a cross. And he sacrificed and he gave up his rights because that's what love does that's what agape does it gives up its rights sometimes it's right to say i'm right and you're wrong gives up its rights to to just gloat over other uh, over others to say you know what if they want to make things right they can come to me they can come to me but jesus does it the opposite way he came to us he came to us now here's this story in the Bible, it's called the unmerciful servant, and there was once this, this, this servant that, uh, this is from Matthew 18, that owed a very small amount, uh, or actually owed a, a great amount, You're, I'm, I'm ahead of myself, he owed a great amount to a king. In fact, it was about, uh, I think it was about 20 years of his salary, so think about 20 years of labor, that's how much he owed a king. And he was going to go to jail for this. He was going to, he didn't have the money to pay. And so he goes to the king and what happens? He begs for mercy. Lord, please have mercy on me. And the king on the spot forgives the debt. Do you remember the story? And then he leaves the the, the presence of the king. And a fellow servant comes up and and owes him one day's wage. Just one day. And the man reacts in in a terribly unmerciful way. He grabs the guy, he has the guy thrown in jail and says you will not leave jail until you pay me back everything that you owe me the king finds out about it and says what are you doing you you don't get it do you see what I forgave you for and you're going to hold this little bit over your servant obviously you don't understand the act you don't understand the act of mercy of grace that I've bestowed I've given you now you're going to go back to jail until you have paid me back. And what I think Jesus is is, kind of has for us today is this. If we don't fully understand this love that God has given us, and we don't give it back to others, then maybe we never really got it in the first place. Are you with me? Okay? Maybe we really never understood God's love in the first place. So how do we understand that? We look at Jesus. We are reminded of what he has done. We are reminded that he came. That even when people in this world are unlovable, and sometimes we're pretty unlovable, and there's people maybe around you that are unlovable. Because did you catch that part? That's a a tough part as well. If you hate your brother and you say you love God, then you're a liar. That's strong. That's really strong. You're a liar because that love of God, you are not extending that out to someone else. Now, I've, I've been listening in the last few weeks, and I was talking to a friend, and, and I have a, just a lot of respect for this friend, but in the middle of this conversation, we're talking about politics, and uh, he just, he just had this one person in mind and just went off on this person. And you could tell there was just a, there was just a, in his heart for this person. And even said, and I'm sure he, he was joking, but I'd love to see that person dead. And maybe it was just in jest. It's, it's in our hearts. And I know even some people that say, you know what, God, why doesn't God just look around the evil in the world? And just, you know, wipe those kind of people out. You know, people that do bad things. But if he did that, we would be wiped out as well. Because we do bad things. The evil lives in us. And we are thankful that we have a Savior that gives us grace, even to the most unlovable. And so what do we do in return? We give that to people that are unlovable as well in our lives. I was uh, on a camping trip a couple weeks ago, and I've talked about it a lot. And I told those guys, like, man, just know this. I'm going to tell a lot of stories from this trip because that's what we do as pastors. Uh, and so I, I read this book uh, before I went, and it was really talking about just how we should, kind of what we saw in that first video, we should really value experiences instead of just stuff that we have. We should take hold of life and value value experiences and the chances that we have because we have ch- things all the time and, and kids are going to forget stuff but they're going to remember the, the things that we 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 did with them the fun things and, and just the memories in fact the, the author tells a story about he went on vacation at the at the beach one night and uh, it was about three in the morning and it was amazing stars and and the moon w- was out and they were on the beach with this hotel there and so he woke up his son And he took his son, and he carried him. It was about eight, and his son's super tired. And they go, and they lay out on the beach, and they watch the stars. And he said, years later, my son's a grown man now. And he said, this is the greatest memory that I have as a kid. It wasn't a toy. It wasn't a game. It was, Dad, remember that time? Remember that time? So I had this on my mind as we're on this camping trip. And Steve Morton is like, you know what we should do? We should, you know, not sleep in the tents tonight. And uh, there was actually a bear sleeping in our tent, uh, but that's another story. Or it sounded like a bear. Um, I will not name names. I will not name names. Um, so he said, "You know what we should do? Let's just go sleep out under the stars." And so I just read that story, I was like, "Absolutely, we should do that." Uh, We'd seen a tarantula already. Uh, there were bears and, and lion signs everywhere. And I was like, yes, we are going to make experiences and, and memories right now. And so we went out there, and I barely slept. I was scared to death all night. But in the middle of that, I couldn't help but look up and watch the stars and watch the moon. I mean, you know what the moon is, right? I mean, we see the moon, and it's it's beautiful, I mean, I, I, man, I hope in my lifetime we get like trips to the moon because I want to go to space, first of all. But the moon is amazing, it's beautiful. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if we have that picture, but it, 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 just, it just glows. And I love it when there's these huge full moons that are out. But I, I'm going to say something pretty obvious here. You know that the moon doesn't really glow, okay? Like, there are people that have actually been there before, and I actually believe we've gone there before. Some don't, but you know, I believe we've been there before. And they say this, it's just dark gray rock. It's just dark gray rock. And the glow comes from, comes from the sun. You know this. It comes from the sun and it makes it glow. So what are we getting at today? If the glow, if the sun is shining on your life, you're going to be bright. You're going to shine for the world to see. And this love is gonna look different than the rest of the world. It's kind of love, isn't it? Because the love of this world, it has conditions. It says, I'll love you if you do this. I'll love you if you believe the same way that I do, or you do what I want you to do, I'll love you. But this love is different. This love has hands and its feet. It, It doesn't just have commentary, it has action. This love goes and does This love does something that this world knows nothing about. And when the world sees it, I believe that it'll want the same kind of love that we've experienced firsthand. And I pray that you've experienced. Now, what if we did this? Uh, Today we have a big day. We've got got this huge park event tonight, and I hope you come. And and I'm just going to throw it out there. I didn't think I was going to say this, but if you don't come, my feelings are going to be hurt. Uh, Because I've invited you like 10 times, and so... There it is, Uh, but it's going to be a great time tonight. Now, what if we did this? I I found you in the lobby afterwards and said, you know what, Aunt Carrie is taking the kids this afternoon, and before we go to the park tonight, I want you guys just to you know just you and whoever you're with today. Why don't you just come to my house today for the afternoon? We'll watch the Texans. We'll order some pizza. We'll have a good time. Hopefully, well, a couple weeks ago I said they were going to lose, so they're going to lose, but they won, so maybe that'll happen. but I want you to just come over to my house, we'll just chill out, and so uh, come on. And so we, you follow us through our place, we live out, Barker, Cypress, and uh, you come into the house, and I say, hey, make yourself at home, okay? Make yourself at home, Mel and I, we're going to go, we've got this, you know, church clothes on, and uh, so we're going to go slip into some jeans and t-shirts and just relax, it, just make yourself at home, we'll be right back. So you're in, in the living room, but, but I, I start to hear noises from the bedroom, okay? Something that I hear in the living room, and I come out, and you have rearranged all the furniture in my house in the, like three minutes, okay? And the couch is over there, and the chair is over there, and, and I had this look on my face like, what are you doing? Uh, and, and because I'm just that guy who avoids the awkward, I don't say that out loud, but I'm just like... And in and, and that look, you just say to me back, well, you said make yourself at home, and I kind of like this pattern in your living room a little better. This doesn't really do anything for me, so I took that picture down, I took that down, and I put that couch over there and this and, and that. Now, I'm going to be really honest, if that really happens, I'm just going to think you're weird, okay? <laughs> and I probably am not going to invite you over to my house again, all right? Maybe I will, but let's be honest, probably won't. Um so here's what I'm getting at. This word that's in this text, it basically, this, this mino word that's in the, the end, it says this, when, when God lives in us, this mino, when he, mino means this, basically to, to make your home, his home in your heart. When God makes his home in your heart, then love will be present, and that others will see this, and that the spirit will will, will press to your spirit, and there'll be peace, and there'll be love, and suddenly something happens. Our imperfect love becomes more and more like God's perfect love. And how does that happen? He begins to rearrange some things in your heart. He begins to poke you about some things and say, I think you need to move this. I think you need to take it down. I think you need to to think about the way you think about this and the way that you view this person. Or maybe, maybe there's someone that you need to go talk to. Maybe there's somebody this season in your family that you need to make things right with. Maybe there's some unresolved hurt there. Are you gonna let God rearrange your life and your heart and maybe, instead of Sibboleth, becomes more like Shibboleth. And love looks more like God's kind of love instead of the world's kind of love. If you would, just bow your heads with me. And uh, I just want to ask you a few questions. It's kind of a blunt question, I'm going to be honest. It's a, it's a kind of upfront question. Does God live in your heart? Have you given God permission to rearrange your, your heart and your life? Maybe there's some things that just don't line up to who Jesus is and the way that he loves and the way he treats people and the way that he acts in the world. Have you made that decision? Because if you haven't, yeah. I just ask you and hope that you would today to say, God, I want to put my faith and trust in you. I've tried the world's way of loving, and I have come up empty. And I just feel lonely, and it's only left me with nothing and broke and chaos and destruction in my life. And faith, putting your faith in Jesus, is as simple as saying, God, I recognize that what you've done for me. I recognize that you came down, that you offered your grace and your forgiveness, and I certainly need it. Because I have sinned, and I need your mercy, and I need your grace in my life. And I want to accept this free gift of love thanks to what you did on the cross. And it's basically just saying, God, I put my faith and I I put my trust in you today. And I just pray that as you're praying and as we're going to pray in a second, that you would do that right now. And if you're here today and you say, I've put my faith in Jesus. I, I did that years ago, but there are some things... And the way that I view others, and the way that I view the world, that just don't line up to the love of God. And maybe God's asked me to to rearrange some things, and I just, I've kind of looked at him and said, no. Pray right now that God would give you the courage to do the work that only He can do in your life right now. Let's pray together. God, you're so good to us, Lord. I cannot put into words. I cannot fathom your love. I, I, the more that I live, the more that I, I, I get a grasp on it. But I still don't think I have really any clue. As I, as I look at what you've done, God, I, I'm just blown away. I'm blown away by someone that would act first for me, even though I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I can't earn it. Your love is unconditional. Your love reaches down to the the pits of hell. And I know some friends that are in hell. and need to hear and experience firsthand your love. Your agape love. Jesus, I pray for those who are here today. Who maybe have had some bad examples of love and they look to you and, and they, they hear that they, you love them but they don't really get that they don't really understand what that means maybe they've had a father an earthly father they didn't love very well and Jesus I pray Lord that they would begin to see you differently and see that your love uh, there's no fear in that love there's no fail in that love. There's no give up in that love. There's patience. You haven't given up on any of us in this room. And God, we, we celebrate that today and we're thankful that for that today. I pray that someone in the seat, Lord, maybe who doesn't know or hasn't put their faith in you would right now say, God, I don't know what this is all about completely, but I put my trust and my faith in you. I'll take a step and I accept your love and your grace in my heart and my life. Begin to rearrange some things. Help me to see people differently. Help me to forgive people that are hard to forgive. God, I pray for those that are Christ followers in this room that have stopped listening to you and stopped aligning their hearts to you. May we become sensitive, especially during this season, to what you would have. God, you are a good, good father. You are a great God and you are the the best example of love that we have. And I pray that Lord, not just this season, but all the time, we would turn to you and we'd look to you for for what love really, really is. God, thank you for friends. Thank you for family that are here today, God. And we just celebrate and are grateful for you. Lord, thank you for loving us and setting us free. We pray these things in your name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me? So what do we do with this? What do we do? We practice it. We live it out. We get close to God. We let Him hang out with us and we we let Him take home in our hearts. I remember those words, that love came down and He rescued me, He came down and He rescued me. I pray that this week. That as you interact with family, you interact with friends, that you interact with God's word, that you look to Jesus and you see the way that he loved, and you would begin to reflect that love in the world. I pray that you would love others well this week. Not a tainted love that this world has taught us, but a pure love, a right love, an agape love. Go in the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. See you tonight. See you tonight.